You are listening to highlights from the Creative Process interview with Bright Shun. This podcast is supported by Young Mashaski Foundation. How do you translate your memories into music? Into it's such a dramatic piece. So I try to preserve the, you know, this is for Western Symphony Orchestra, but I try to preserve the. Ancient Chinese music kind of flavor. So you imagine in Chinese band the country music that、uh, people usually reserve that for wedding or for big moments or for for funerals and that kind of a feeling. And they had drums and and music playing. So I try to preserve that from my memory because what we have now is just a tune. You know, you can probably record. Recognize the tune, but the execution of making it translate that into Western orchestra, and to make it、uh, sound like it's a it's a Chinese band playing with Chinese instrument, sona, dizi, you know, sona or bamboo flute and or Chinese trumpet, things like that. So that that takes a little bit work, but people have done that, and again, you know, Stravinsky had done that with his music. To preserve the flavor of the Baroque music and the style of Baroque music, but at the same time, he put a modern twist on it. So that's what I try to do. Yeah, I think for anybody,、um, it doesn't matter what profession. I think the one's best teacher is oneself. No matter how great teacher you have, ultimately you. Want to be yourself, and therefore you can create something or do something that truly on your own. Of course, you learn from the past. It's very important to carry the tradition from the people who you've done. Like in a lab, you you first before you do the try to invent something, you have to try to find out <clears throat> if if anyone else has tried. And failed or maybe succeeded, you you got to know what happened. And same thing with creativity, you cannot just ignore the past. You think about music creation, composers, every comp- great composers in a way was stepping on the shoulder of his predecessors.、Uh, without Bach, wouldn't be Haydn and Mozart and 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 therefore Beethoven later and Brahms and Mahler. You, if you think about all this tradition. So I think it's very important to understand the past, but take that to become your own, and then to write something on your own. So, in the early days, because of the specific、uh, situation that in history that I was living during that time, that I had very、uh, little、uh, music education opportunities, but I was I loved music, so I just got every chance to learn. By myself, so I created this self-taught kind of a habit, which stayed with me, and very usefully、uh, for the rest of my life. But of course, I later on I had great teachers. Among them is Leonard Bernstein. You know, I was his student for five years. So all that kind of came together. You know, Bernstein used to say, "He said our music, his music and my music are quite different, but we love each other's music." So I think that also tells that people. Learn from each other, but not necessarily imitating from each other. But what you learn from 
it's basic thinking. And so what Leonard Bernstein taught me another thing is to open up, you know, I have been always been an active performer, pianist, uh, conducted, but, you know, not to the extent that like him, you know, where, where he was just foremost as a musician. You know, and then you think about you as a composer, or you you, you wear the hat sometimes a composer, or a conductor, or a performer, or an educator. So I, to me, uh, this is all the same way. Actually, more than just the music, there are other art forms. There, there are there are a lot of a lot of things that it goes through this on the same foundation. So once you understand that, you can you can teach yourself uh, constantly. So what I tell my students now, I said, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful if you could get a chance to study with Mr. Brahms or Mr. Mozart, would you want to? And of course they say, yes. I said, okay, well, I would introduce you to these guys. And then the, the next step is you will study with them because all the scores are there. All you need to do is to find a secret and to study with them directly. And that's what I did. That's what Leonard Bernstein introduced me to these people, and I continued my study uh, through these, uh, through that tradition. But at the same time, of course, you don't write like Brahms or like Mahler, but you write on your own, your, with your own life experience, with the music I grew up with and the music I studied and I'm fascinated with, and I write the best music I can. Quite often I dream to hear music, but some of them that was not usable or later you look at it, it doesn't fit in. So I just abandoned them. But one of them was interesting. I Years, years ago, I wrote, uh, one day I had a dream. I was sitting down in the audience. I saw this great pianist, Emmanuel X, was playing a piano concerto. And I was sitting in the audience. I said, well, that, that, piano, that music sounds pretty good. And then I said, I, but I couldn't figure out what piece was. And I woke up and I heard this music and I said to myself, whose music, just like today, I, whose music was this? I couldn't. And then I realized it could be mine. So I wrote it down and, uh, you know, the piano concerto he was writing, uh, he was playing. And then uh, six months later, I was living in Chicago as the composer in residence was the symphony there. And he came to play Mozart, another concerto. And we had lunch and he asked me during the lunch, he said, would you write a concerto for me? I said, you know, it's funny you asked that. I had the first five minutes have written already. And I told him about this dream. And so that's probably the first few minutes of the music in the piece that turned out to be called Red Silk Dance. So students were talking about complaining to me, said, I don't have enough time to compose. You know, I save two hours, you know, they have other classes. And, and, and so I save two hours a day to compose. But by the time I get to those two hours, I'm tired, I'm sleepy, I'm looking, I'm staring at this blank paper and I, I you know, and, and time is passing and I had the pressure, I have to create something. And the more anxious I, I was and I, the less creative I become and I couldn't write anything. I said, that's not a way to compose. That you compose 24 hours, even before you sleep or during your sleep, or when you wake up, uh, you think about the music uh, constantly. Right? 
exercise that I like to ride bicycles. You know, when I ride bicycle, I, I think about music. And usually those ideas came. And then I asked myself, I said, okay, that's pretty good, but can I come up with something even better? And I keep thinking. So that's very, actually, no, no pressure to me. You know, there's no pressure, time pressure you have to do. You're just thinking about, okay, I'm exercising now, and I'm just thinking about, and you usually come up with two or three ideas, and I picked a good one. And then by the time, actually, I have the two hours to sit at a piano, uh, you know, try to write them down, which is the, the next process for composers is you, you already heard the music in your head. And those two hours, I couldn't wait to write them down because in my head, I already had music. I just need to write them down. You cannot just put an equal sign in between with, with your own voice and music style. Music style is something that there you could write like you know like Schoenberg or write like Stravinsky or write like Mozart write like a Beethoven you could call it Beethoven style Mozart style Stravinsky style but those were specific techniques and style that you involved but your own voice is not a style your own voice is your DNA um, your character your personality for example, we all know, uh, even with twins, they were born just a few minutes apart and they look exactly like, even their parents couldn't uh, tell them from one apart from one to the other, but their characters are completely different. What makes you tick, so to speak, one tick, it might completely be different for, for the others. That is your personality. How do you get your personality, your character? your DNA into your composition. That is uh, through years of experience. I think that is your voice because that is truly yours. It's not anyone else. Uh, that is something that you cannot imitate, cannot learn from anybody because you have to be yourself. Uh, so what makes you think is you, and that's very important. So this is where, when technique also come into play, uh, when you learn this style, that style, all this is useful, but with one purpose is to get rid of them. To when you actually being creative, you're not thinking about those, you just be yourself. And then the techniques, all you learned are the things to make you free to express without any hindering. So you just go directly, your personality will go direct through you uh, as a filter, through you. Whatever you learned is like a gigantic collection in your body, in your brain. And then through you as a filter, it comes out. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes, or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.